0: Welcome everyone to another edition of the Ryan and Rush show on today's episode, the Mountaineers top UAB in Morgantown. We take a look and see what's going on in the rest of the big 12. And we pay tribute to Mike Leach all ahead on the Ryan and Rush show. And we welcome you back to your source for West Virginia sports. I'm Rambling Rush, he's Moneyline Mac. We are the Ryan and Rush show and we're getting right into it. Ryan, the West Virginia Mountaineers beat UAB by 11 here last Saturday in good old Morgantown, West Virginia. What are your thoughts on the game?
1: Good win. Uh NCAA tournament win going to help on selection Sunday. They did a great job, Keady and Joe, specifically on Jelly Walker. He came in as a leading scorer in the country. And as Hug said, he was a leading scorer in the country, but he hadn't faced Uh once again. Keady did a great job last year on him down in Birmingham and did an even better job this year. Jelly finishes the game with seven turnovers.
0: Seven turnovers. Keady also has 17 points. Didn't necessarily need that all of that offensive production, but of course it absolutely helps. Uh, Emmett to give Emmett Matthews a shout out looking like that, just that mature fifth year senior that's mm-hmm. just leading this team. He's just a rock out there. I think he had 16 points looked really good. Um, there are definitely kind of a couple areas for concern, absolutely fixable stuff, but a couple areas I was concerned about is us. We just can't get complacent, right? Is up by a good bit. And then, you know, comes around the second half of, you know, that 10 to 14 minute Mark when, You know, things can get a little chill, but what I liked about this team is, you know, they rallied, they, they got where they needed to be and they ended up winning by 11 when we were only favored by six. So that's always good. I always, of course, like the double digit wins. Um, A is, you know, looking young, but Hey, he's getting that experience now. Um, I'm sure Bob Huggins will have him more than ready for, for conference play and, and ready to go there. Um, other areas that probably need improvement, Ryan? We got to do a better job on the glass. We got
1: out-rebounded, and I know it's only by re- out-rebounded by two, but the competition's getting ready to get real here. I mean, UAB's a quality opponent, NCAA tournament team, but uh, this is a team we're supposed to beat at home. Mm-hmm. And we're getting ready to play K-State and Oklahoma State on a double road trip, followed by Kansas and Baylor, who has been the class of the Big 12. Over the last couple years, so we got to do a better job on the glass, and it's not just the bigs. It's team uh, rebounding with the guards helping out the bigs as well. And hugs uh, touch on in the post game. We got to do a better job of first blood, getting hitting our opponents, not letting them hit us.
0: So we have Buffalo coming up this week Mm -hmm. on Sunday, and then we got Stony Brook. Uh, what's that? The yep, the twenty second, yep. and then the week later on the thirty first, New Year's Eve, we'll have the the Kansas State. We start that schedule you were talking about. So I definitely think getting you know that nice Navy win earlier this previous week, and then the UAB is beating. After we talked about those losses to Xavier and Purdue, knowing that we can beat an NCA tournament team because this UAB probably and should make the NCA tournament. So that definitely build something to build off of yeah. getting some confidence there, fix a couple of the concerns we just brought up against the two teams here. And then, Hey, start 7. PM new year's Eve, Manhattan, Kansas. Good, good, good place to make a nice statement going into big 12 play.
1: Yeah, no, it's going to get real here really quickly. And We'll touch on the Big 12. I mean, everybody has done a good job in the Big 12, 1 through 10, at least putting themselves in a position to be in position going into the league. So nobody's killed themselves where you have three or four by-game losses where it's like, man, we got to basically go 13-5 and 5 or 12-6 and 6 in Big 12 play just to even be on the bubble. Everybody is in a position right now where if they go 500, they're going to get to the NCAA tournament.
0: Well, we see it year after year, right? Is 70%, 80% of that conference gets in every year. And the number nine and 10 are usually like right there. Yeah. Yeah. Like a one and two seat in the NIT tournament. So big 12, absolutely a basketball conference. And I mean, we do have the... Previous two national championship champions in Kansas and Baylor. Yep. Let's talk about the Big Twelve for a second because going into this last week before Big Twelve play starts, we have Texas and we'll talk about Texas here in a second because a couple things have happened recently. Yes, um, no, Texas is number seven. Kansas is number eight. Baylor is number eleven, and TCU is twenty-one. We have everyone but the Oklahomas, Oklahoma State and Oklahoma. Getting top twenty-five votes. So basically the whole conference on the fringe. And Oklahoma and Oklahoma State, as we've talked about, is they all of a sudden pop two off in Big Twelve play, then they're on the fringe. So this conference at any time. And then, you know, um, doing well in the, I mean, we're a top 10 team in the net as well. Yeah. So a lot of uh it's it's gonna be a fun Big 12 play down the road, especially with a team like this and how deep they are.
1: Yeah, and it always is. And this was the case last year where Headed into Big 12, you mentioned the net. We're in the top 10. Everybody in the Big 12 is in the top 75. You yeah. take it a step further at Advanced Analytics with Kempom and Shot Quality. In Kempom, everybody's in the top 55. In uh, Shot Quality, uh, it's everybody's in the top 75. So it's 10 teams that are legitimate NCAA tournament teams. And then at the top of the league, you got a couple of Final Four contenders as well obviously not everybody's going to make the tournament because somebody's got to lose all these games that we're going to play over the next couple of months. But the big 12, once again, by far the best league in America, you, you pick whatever analytical stack category you want. The big 12 is the best. And it, and they have true home court advantages with the college towns. I mean, you you look at the Oklahoma, Stillwater, Norman, the Kansas, Manhattan, everybody knows about Lawrence, Ames, Iowa, Lubbock, what Lubbock's turned into. Uh, Fort Worth is all of a sudden a good place, a uh, good home court. So it's going to be tough to play everywhere in this league once again.
0: Well, even here, Morgantown, well, West yeah, Virginia. That's that, a given. <laughs> well, of course, yeah. but it, it, it's a given. Yeah. But I also mean it from a non-biased perspective in the sense you even see it in football people don't want to midwest teams especially in the warm areas they don't want to come to Morgantown the travel oh, yeah it the travel the, the the I'm not saying that obviously Kansas can get pretty cold right but I mean, sometimes you get I will never forget that one game where a couple bus um, I think it was Texas actually this happened to a couple of teams where they just start snowing here and they don't the team doesn't show up till like 30 minutes before oh, yeah. the game. So definitely that nice uh West Virginia um, home Big 12 advantage. Um slipping and sliding going up beachers. yeah. Uh, geez, well, now they experience what we all experience. <laughs> they got to use
1: the mountains to our advantage. But, <laughs> no, yeah, no, kidding. you touch on it, man. This is a hard place to play. I mean, I, all these other places are hard to play but this is a tough place to come into because of the travel and the raucous crowd that we get for these big 12 home games.
0: I think you can split the big 12 up. We were talking about this into three tiers, right? Mm -hmm. Tier one national championship level. You, you can either of those teams can win it tier two, maybe sneak into that, you know, national championship debate, at least the final four and can cause absolute havoc. And then tier three, is the spoilers. And I don't even mean the spoilers in the classic sense where, you know, they were down all season and then they win that last game. And someone moves from like a one C to a three C I'm talking about spoilers where they can maybe sneak a lower tier twos position in, in and yeah. the big 12 and make the tournament or do really well in the NIT or win any given Saturday. Right. So big 12 being a basketball conference, I think we agree here. Tier one, Kansas and Baylor. We were going to say Texas, but
1: things have changed. Things
0: have changed in Texas. And we're not going to talk about what happened with Chris Beard and, and his fiance. That's an ongoing investigation. As more facts come out, We'll, we'll address them then and there, but we're, we're not diving into that. We'll talk about how it does affect the Texas team and how it affects the Texas team as you see something last night where they get an overtime victory over Rice and they celebrate like they win the national championship. That is not a good look, Ryan. No,
1: no, it's not a good look. And I, I put a tweet out. It's like, you didn't just beat Kansas, you beat Rice. And I know it was a hard day for them. I mean, a lot of distractions. And I, I mean, we, I think we all knew that they weren't going to play well because you, there's a lot of distractions. Mm-hmm. But this is still the University of Texas. You're supposed to beat Rice by twenty to thirty points. You're a twenty five point favorite. Vegas didn't put the line there just for fun.
0: Yeah, no, I, I agree. It's well, you can make that same argument for the yes. football team. It's funny yeah. how what goes on in Austin, you know, but Austin, it, Austin stays weird.
1: No, no <laughs> doubt. I mean, that's it, it. Texas has done this though, it, both on the football field and basketball court, where they have just as much talent as anybody, but. For some reason, it's their culture down there where they just kind of get ahead of themselves, and they want to prematurely celebrate things, and they it's, it's why they never win. Mm-hmm. It's why and they're and they're front runners.
0: I think everybody will agree on that. Uh, I I think we both agree, and the reason I th- I would say we put Kansas and Baylor top two. I mean, they're good teams, of course, they're great teams, but this is off their their pedigree. They're yeah. they're the last two to win the national championship. I mean as much as we can't stand Kansas and we like to joke, bill self, the self-imposed four games, mm-hmm. right. Is, I mean, they did win the national championship and until they get knocked down, I mean, they, they are the favorites. I mean, it just, it no just doubt. is what it is. Same thing with Baylor. But the thing about Baylor, Ryan, and, and you know, they may be kind of straddling that tier two line. Cause it, they just don't from that national championship team two years ago, there's something missing. And I'll tell you what, when Jalen bridges comes back to Morgantown, that game's going to be popping. We're, we're, no we remember that. So yeah.
1: No, they don't they don't have the toughness that they've had. The vital, the JTT, those guards that they had, they're not as tough as they've been. Uh, on the defensive side of things. And for Kansas, Kansas has started to get better and better. I was a little suspect on them earlier in the year, but they just went to Missouri in a hostile environment and won by 30, and it probably wasn't even that close. So I would actually, like, we agree that they're both in the Tier 1 because they're both championship Mm -hmm. level over the last couple years, but Kansas is better than Baylor, at least so far this year.
0: I agree. I agree. Tier 2, Ryan, what what are your teams that you're putting in the Tier 2?
1: So obviously the Mountaineers and then we we agree tier two is more. These are solid NCAA tournament teams as Mm -hmm. of right now that have chance to get to the second weekend and maybe you get a great draw, great bracket, uh, South Carolina like in 2017, if everybody remembers that run. Oh, with someone on that staff. I'm I'm a little biased. Uh, you get a great bracket. Great. You get hot at the right time. You can go on a run and get to the final four. Uh, I'll go us. I'll go TCU. They've started playing better as of late. I'll go Texas, obviously, because of their talent and roster. Yeah,
0: straddling that line. we got to see what, of course, plays out like we just talked about.
1: And I will go as well with Texas Tech. Uh, They've proven it with Mark Adams over the last year, plus that they're a solid program. And then I'm also going to go Iowa State, the Cyclones. They beat North Carolina already in the non-conference. They got some impressive wins. They have a great home court advantage. T.J. Altsberger does a great job and they did exactly what we're talking about last year. They were a tier three team that got in as like one of the last teams and got a great draw and got to the sweet 16
0: and we beat them. Yes. So yes, yeah. soundly. Yes. So I agree. And then of course, tier three that leaves the Oklahoma's and Kansas state, which those three teams is what well, we talked about with the Oklahoma's and I know TCU falls under this, but this was kind of one of those more shocks. And then obviously TCU's worked their way back into the top mm-hmm. 25, but both Oklahoma's lost by games where they've paid opponents to come play them and then Kansas state. But the thing about Kansas state is especially in Manhattan, you know, I mean, anything can happen there. So just because these are tier three teams does yeah. not mean we're taking them lightly. This is the big 12.
1: And I just touched on with Iowa state. One of those three will be the, this year's Iowa state mm-hmm. where they'll go on a run in, in the big 12 play, go eight and 10 and they'll get in the dance and win a game. You yeah. could you can book it. It happens every year Last year it happened with TCU. They were tier three headed in, and they got hot, got up to about the five seed in Big Twelve, and then they won an NCAA tournament game and should have beaten Arizona in the round of thirty two as well, if not for
0: a controversial call. I remember that one here. Yeah. So looking how this kind of the tier system we we created here the old ryan and rush tier system follow us on social media for all our updates uh twitter instagram and of course take us on those country roads on apple and spotify as well leave us a five-star uh review subscribe to us and maybe we'll send you a gift so appreciate all that you do as an audience we love you so as we talked about got buffalo this sunday stony brook uh the following wednesday before christmas break so those are kind of the the two games to you know get really get hopefully any guys going yeah um Settle any kinks, you know, get really the right mindset going into to Big 12 play. And then we're at the 31st. We're at Kansas State as we talked about. And then on the second of January, we're at Oklahoma State. So there you go. There's two tier three teams right there. Obviously, we can't take them lightly, and we're at their place. But I mean, hey, good way to start. Get get the feet wet in the Big 12 play. Hopefully win both of those games. And then we got our tier one games. And we got Kansas and Baylor. And then we got the the Oklahoma tier three. And then we got TCU and Texas. So What's favorable of our schedule, especially based off this tier, as we expect it's going to be going into the Big Twelve. It seems like we kind of have the 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 one to two intense games and then the other two where it's like, okay, we can settle, we can get right, and then back to a good opponent. And then so it's not like we're playing, you know, five tier two teams in a row. You know, maybe towards the end and as things shift around. But I really like the the schedule to start going into Big Twelve play, especially that early. January Kansas game here. Yeah, we we've seen that game and we know what can happen that game, especially with the Bob Huggins team. So I'm feeling really optimistic going into Big Twelve play, and we'll we'll preview it more next week. And uh, I know we're going to try to get Ethan Bach back on to talk Big Twelve, and I'm we'll we'll get that going in the next couple of weeks. But I'm feeling pretty good about this.
1: Yeah, no, I love the schedule. Uh, we touch on it. The old press Virginia teams would go four zero in this stretch. Mm-hmm. Uh, we would, we always would light up whenever we saw those two games on the road to start. We always found a way to go into the K States and Oklahoma States, get a win or get two wins, come home because there's no students on campus those games either. So you're catching a Manhattan environment that could that is hectic when the students are there in January and February. You're catching them at a perfect time. Same as Stillwater, catching them at a good time. And then you come home and everybody knows what the call seems like when Kansas comes to town. This year on a Saturday night at 6 o'clock. It's already sold the out. Game. Yeah. So, and then you touch on it with Baylor. Jalen Bridge is coming back to town. That place will be going bonkers as well. So love it. Uh, it's heck of
0: an opportunity. Four opportunities right off the bat. Like it so we got to don't forget got to finish the non-conference off strong and not take any game for granted which no doubt I have a feeling Bob Huggins will do everything he can to make sure this team's focused going into Big Twelve play that's our job to look ahead he he
1: they they do one game at a time yeah that's that's what the coaches
0: are for we'll 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 take care of that for them we'll be the look ahead guys yeah no doubt um. Ryan, kind of in this episode on, a, I guess, a somber note, but something that we do need to bring up, especially speaking of the Big 12 and someone that was very influential in the Big 12 in the past and present, um, Mike Leach. It's a tough day. I'm not going to lie. It's um, passed away. Um, Mike Leach went to play rugby at BYU, actually never even played football, and then learned under Lavelle Edwards for a bit before really starting his coaching career. As you know, um, a lot of people know me around. Uh and I'm one of the reasons I'm side BYU's joining the Big Twelve is you know, my parents went there, my brother went there. Of course, diehard uh, West Virginia fan, but you know, it's it's where your parents went, similar to your dad going to Army, right? You you, you support the secondary teams and it's a tough day, man. It's it's yeah. a tough week. He he was it's incredible. I'll let you um say a couple words, of course, but it, it's hard. Yeah,
1: no, I mean it's been a tough day for all of us. I, I didn't know Coach Leach personally, but I Confident in saying he was one of my favorite coaches in the country every single year. Loved watching his teams with the air raid, such an innovator of the game of college football. And then his personality always kind of reminded me of Hugs in terms of he could walk that line of uh, what like entertaining and then what you could say and couldn't say. But he was so smooth in how he presented it and he and just. The influence he's had on the game of football, you turn on Monday Night Football last night, your Patriots are taking on the Cardinals. Cliff Kingsbury, he's a Mike Leach guy. You look here at West Virginia offensive coordinator Graham Harrell. He was Mike Leach's best quarterback ever in Mm -hmm. Lubbock. Um, Lincoln Riley out in USC. He was also a uh, Mike Leach guy. You, Dana uh, Holgerson, Dana, Dana Holgerson before Neil Brown. Yeah. He had some Mike Leach uh, ties as well. So it's uh, he's got his fingerprints on everywhere in the modern day of football with where it's gone from the old school running the ball to the air raid and the principles that have that go with it. He he really was uh, amazing and. He he had a heck of a run in Lubbock and uh, Pullman and then recently in Starkville. He's done a great job wherever he's gone and he will be missed. He definitely will be missed.
0: Three different identities of this conference: his Big Twelve, Pac Twelve, and, and SEC, yeah. and and did well in, in all three of them. Um, glad he won his last Egg Bowl. Yeah, no, uh, no. definitely. And and it just hurts. It was he was. We we definitely lost someone that made this world a better place. No doubt, Ryan. I I, I think we agree there, and we we offer our condolences to anyone, of course, that's close to Mike Leach, the Mississippi State community. I mean, all communities, because I mean, it's touching us here here in Morgantown. So, we will honor Mike Leach. He definitely seemed like a guy that he didn't take any day for granted. lived nice. the best he could. Loved his Reese's peanut butter cups, which yeah. that was that was a great sound bite over Thanksgiving. So. Just love you. and Appreciate Mike Leach. Thanks for, for giving us all you had as a head coach and making Saturdays that much better. We, we love you and we appreciate you. Yep. Rest in peace. All right. Hey, we hope, you know, everyone life's short, um, live every day the the best you can Thank the people around you, um, especially headed into the Christmas time and new years, you know, do what you got to do to get right, hug your loved ones, help someone less fortunate than you and just do the best you can. Um, Go Mountaineers. Uh, Looking forward to some Big 12 play here. Let's finish these last two games strong. And from the Ryan and Rush show, we wish you a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Love y'all.
1: Go Mountaineers.